There are few areas where the church looks more out of step with the world than this topic of gender and sexuality. Uh, and the truth is that that will only uh, become more and more so as time goes on. So one of the difficult things about being a parent in the culture we live in today is trying to train our children and help our children think biblically about things, but specifically this area of sexuality when the world is telling them a thousand things that, that go against what we believe about traditional marriage, about the way God designed people as male and female. So how do we help our kids in this? How do we lead them uh, through these kinds of topics and these kinds of thoughts. Today I have in the studio with me, this is Drew Moss, by the way, and I have Drew Henderson, who heads up our family ministry team, and Scott Irwin with our college ministry team at Sunnybrook. And I asked them this question, what advice would you give to parents, small group leaders, and teachers when it comes to talking to their kids about gender and sexuality? Some great stuff in here, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, guys, uh, as we begin, I want to ask you first and foremost, what is one of your most controversial opinions that you have? Uh, you know, I'm not looking for like, I don't want to start a fist fight in the studio or, or get people to ban us. I'm just uh, like fun, what we, what we call a lot in the college ministry, hot takes. The hot students takes. love to throw on hot takes things just to rile each other up. What is your most controversial opinion uh, right now, or one of them. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to you, Drew. Okay. Scott already has like Scott. Here's the thing about Scott. Scott goes with the flow. Scott's okay. Scott. Uh, you could say that he just has no uncontroversial opinions because his opinions are always good. That could be one take. That's why it's not controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Seal the deal. Or my or you could just say that uh, Scott just uh, he just follows follows the culture. Which is my hot take. <laughs> which is uh, my hot take. Is Scott is my, just a culture following sheep. I don't have uh, strong opinions <laughs> about things that matter. I only have really strong opinions about things that don't That's matter. That's great. That's like, perfect for this. Like putting the eggs back in the in the fridge in the carton have to be balanced. Yeah. Okay. Because if no you surprises put, when you want to pull that. Yes. Out, then, if you go to okay. grab the egg carton and they're all on one side, they could fall out and you waste eggs. Okay. So yeah, the see, eggs have to be balanced when you put them back in. I'd say and that I will complain about that. I think it's more OCD. <laughs> I was going to say that's more like underrated psychopath stuff than it Scott, is. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, lots of those. controversial. Counting lots the eggs. Those. Dad's counting the eggs. <laughs> Dad's Everyone arranging leaves. the eggs. Twitching again. again. What's going on? Oh, the eggs are out of balance. Okay. Uh, okay. That's no. That's uh. That's I mean, my like, one. I that's the only one I had this morning. You know. Yep. Yeah. I didn't expect to go Politics, there. No. No. Nope. Quickly, just more placement of the eggs. I think uh, my hot take would be. Um, I got a little story behind the hot take. So okay. there is a movie yep. called American Underdog, and it's a Christian movie. Yep, heard okay. of it. Um, and I would say, so a lot of people would say there's a lot of these more low-budget Christian movies that aren't very, uh, they're not very well produced, these kind of things. Kind of cheesy. Which is a little cheesy. Kind of, yeah. I've seen a few of them. I would say that there's a movie called American Underdog, and it is worth going to see. And it's called American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Yes. The backstory to that is um, our anniversary is January 4th. Okay, so this year, 25 years. Yep. Okay, 25 years this year, January 4th. Um, What'd you do for your 25th my anniversary? 25th it's, a big, it's a kind of a funny big one. Funny you ask. <laughs> 
Kim said, we need to go see American Underdog. So, you know, I don't know what that tells you about our marriage and how it's developed over the last 25 years, but... She knows you. She does. But this was her suggestion. She wanted to go. The idea is, is that every year we have Christmas. We've always traveled. We've always gone all these different places. You get back... And it's like New Year, I'm gonna new these New Year's resolutions. What are you gonna do? Go out to eat a lot for our anniversary yeah. and it's gonna be and our anniversary is just, just always anticlimactic, right? After the holiday season and what are you gonna just do? Chill. I'm just chilling, right? Yeah. So this is what we're gonna do. So we went to go see the American Underdog movie. It's good. The Kurt Warner story, quarterback for the St. Louis Rams of the greatest show on turf, late 90s, early 2000s, their unlikely Super Bowl run in the 2000 season where Kurt Warner comes in. He's a guy. Um, Bagging groceries just a a few years earlier. Yeah, played for the University of Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls, Iowa, right? And so he's playing for this um, indoor football team and gets called up. Anyway, great story. He becomes a Christian in the process, and they – came from a rather rough upbringing and uh, just sort of tells his story and it's a pretty good movie yeah dude okay filmed here in oklahoma too by oh the way. for real yes okay uh-huh. filmed at uco the football stadium yeah. there parts huh. of it you could see the uco logos there really? in that the is movie. awesome <laughs> like, that, i forgot to cover that, that up um, did not know that so anyway that's your movie. hot take because most people, because when yeah. people find out it's Christian, they won't it's go like, see yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a good when movie. Christians now, find I'm out not going to oversell this, it. right? It's You can see a lot of the low-budget aspects. They they do some really cool things. They bring back some original footage from that season That's and cool. show that. But you have a lot of the crowd in the background. You can tell it's like CGI. It's computer and animated. And it like, okay, yep. that looks a little not real. But it's, it's uh, Zachary Levi, right? Uh, uh, I just know him as Chuck. Yeah, Chuck right. and uh, Flynn Ryder from uh, Tangled, the Disney movie. You he's know both of those <laughs> names. You would know both of those. <laughs> I just the cartoon the, the Chuck yes, guy. Uh, he's the voice. From Tangled, yeah. He's great in that. Oh, yeah. it's, so it's the same guy? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Same guy plays both. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and now apparently he wants to move to Oklahoma. That's a real thing. Hey, that's cool. Because he really liked it here and really loved being like filming the movie and that's cool gonna, we'll see if that actually happens oh, i totally want that's to cool to tulsa from la it's total upgrade yeah oh yeah maybe in some ways <laughs> uh here's my uh here's my controversial opinion uh the first part of this is not controversial uh snakes are the worst possible pet a person can have here's okay the, here's where it gets a little controversial i think we all agree on the first part uh the second worst pet a person can have is a dog Actually, <laughs> okay. So that is, I, uh, yeah, I, I, and I, let me just step in and just say specifically I, puppies, right? Isn't it? That I, you I, hate I, I puppies. Hate puppies is my take. <laughs> Period. We're ending there. On to the next. <laughs> no, I love puppies. I like, and I just want to say for all the people who will listen to this, and be like, I'm not having Drew over because he won't like my dog. He might kick my dog or mm-hmm. something like that. No, I like, I, I like, <laughs> I like your dog. I just don't want to take it home into my house. Um, puppy, I don't like that puppies lick on things. I don't like that you have to clean up their poop all over the place in your mm-hmm. backyard. And I don't like that they bark all the time and jump. Uh, on, you know what I mean? Don't uh, get me started on barking. So, yeah. So, like, and I know, let me just say, cats are a thousand times better than dogs. Low maintenance. Low maintenance, yeah. And that's not because you make it, oh, you're a cat person. No, I'm not a cat person. 
I re- I'm not a huge fan of cats, but I like them 1,000 times more than dogs. <laughs> so that is, uh, that is my controversial opinion. Okay. Again, I like all you guys as dogs. If you're listening to this and you're like, does he not like? No, I like your dog. Yeah. I just don't like, I don't like <laughs> the other ones. No, so I, just PC, don't want them in, I just don't want them in my house. That's the main <laughs> thing. They can totally, I, yep. I love your dog. I just don't want it to be my pet. I'm glad okay. it's yours. So. Okay. So okay, now from from <laughs> that's your hunt. I don't know. Scott Scott's eggs. Scott's yeah, was eggs. American Ooh, underdog. You hate and mine is dogs. dogs. So we have a dog connection. Yours and mine. I understand. But that, yeah. So I understand. okay, now on to I don't know if we're going to get more or less controversial. I ask you this question uh, because we are actually talking about uh, something that is controversial today, and that is man the biblical view of sex, gender, and marriage. And and few things, few things that are kind of more controversial for Christians today and the way we hold the the truths we try to hold to in scriptures in the culture that we live in. Um, And and I think we all kind of know that that's probably, I mean, all indications that we are going to continue to look more and more out of step with the culture. I mean, every year. Uh, which means for us, this can be some kind of tricky waters to navigate. But for our kids, uh, who are in schools where, where they, they can be taught things that go against what the Bible teaches, uh, where they are constantly, I mean, in, in media, social media, and around friends and all that stuff, are constantly hearing things opposite of what the Bible teaches when it comes to, I mean, even basic things like that you shouldn't have sex before you're married. Right. Um, even just that is, is out of step. But, right. uh, but when it comes to LGBT issues and, uh, yeah, when it comes to areas of gender and how we define gender and all those things, I, I don't want to get into today our own, I, I don't want to get into defending the biblical worldview of the biblical view sexuality. of marriage and sexuality. Right. That's not what I want to talk about today. Today, I specifically want to talk uh, about how you talk to kids about these in, in in the middle of a culture, in the middle of a world that is going to tell them a thousand times over and over again uh, the opposite of what the Bible teaches. How do you um, talk to your own kids or to other kids that you're discipling or working with about what the Bible teaches? Uh, basically, what I want to hear from you guys is if you could give one to two pieces of advice to parents or to small group leaders or to teachers as they talk to students about sexuality, what would that be? And I, we don't have to go long. This could be a, this could be a 25-minute podcast, and that's totally fine. I just want to hear from you. What's, what's one to two pieces of advice that you would give? I'm going to start with you, Drew. I hear Scott's getting his degree in pastoral counseling, so I uh, think yeah. he needs to okay, start Okay, yeah, first. I like that. No, <laughs> first. I like that. Oh, no. Oh, wait, first. You want to? I can. Go okay, for it. Because I mean, as I was thinking about this, the and this Drew Moss and I had a conversation, um, I guess a week ago, about uh, a former student who is an alumni who's now serving in a ministry that is the the leadership kind of embraces this issue and wants to be welcoming and wants to be accepting of all lifestyles uh-huh. and and so that and more than like welcoming accepting but affirming 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 yes, affirming, right. affirming the yeah yeah, yeah. and we welcoming, would, accepting we would we put are. it on the table that <laughs> yes our view marriage sexuality is going to be the traditional orthodox yes. christian yes. view men one and women man, to be one married, woman married. Yes. so, so yeah. this former I mean, alumni yeah. who also holds that opinion similar yeah. to us is at a ministry that that you know where the leadership is is not not just welcoming but affirming and same sex relationships that, that and yeah it's all good you shouldn't you should encourage people to um, think differently about it so so we, we were talking about it and 
you know, what struck me in our conversation that I've been thinking about is, is the, the, the challenge with Scripture is at some point we all have to face that there are going to be things in Scripture that don't line up with our culture, and what do we do in those, in those moments? Mm-hmm. And so the LGBTQ topic is, is the big one, but if we can pull back even further, and so as I've been thinking about it, and I had a conversation with my kids last night because I knew I was going to have this conversation this morning, <laughs> I asked, like, so what kinds of things in the Bible that, you know, where, where, when the Bible says we are to live this way and culture says don't, how are you going to handle it? Like, where are you going to go with it? And, and for me, that has been helpful to kind of as a foundation to even approach this subject is what are the things in the Bible that, that, that speak against our culture? Because the Bible speaks against every culture in some way, shape or form. And so it happens to speak against ours in this way, but in other ways as well. I think the big one, you know, Matthew 19, when Jesus affirms what marriage is, and in John 14, 6, when Jesus basically says he's the only way, those are huge for our culture right now. Yeah. For, for Jesus to say, this is what marriage is, and, and this is the only way to God through me, I think are going to be really, really difficult for our, for our people to say, yeah, I believe that, and, mm-hmm. and to be able to stand in confidence with and say that in confidence with others so to me it's helpful i'll just start with with that that we start start the conversation by kind of approaching it with this this mentality that the bible speaks against things what do we do when they're hard right Mm -hmm. i remember a conversation that we were having with my daughter early on you know she was probably 14 15 years old and um we were talking about marriage sexuality these kind of things as um uh, same-sex marriage was we voted as a country that same-sex marriage was going to be official marriage and we were talking about that and some of the complex things that came with that and I remember her telling me and sometimes teenagers will tell you these things I I think they'll say things um, just to see what that's going to do to you Mm -hmm. right and it's not that they really believe it they're just I'm going to press in here a little bit just to see uh, what's your response going to be like are you a can I really can I really say this to you and will you hear me? Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember her saying back, you know, um, dad, I know that this is what the Bible says and this is what I believe the cultures moved on. And she asked the very same question that you guys said, which was, okay, so what do you want me to do about that? Like, how do I live in light of that? And, um, she was not going to move on and go ahead and accept what the culture was saying. But it is a question that all of our kids are asking because we grew up in a different world. They're going to grow up in a, uh, a, a new world mm-hmm. when it comes to sexuality, gender, marriage, traditional marriage, um, and how that is, is go- going to be lived out in the future. Um, whenever you ask the question, what do we do? What are some practical things that we could do? I thought about there needs to be some sort of like formality to it. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, especially mm-hmm. as they're younger, and I kind of mm-hmm. think about it becomes more informal the older they get, but the younger yeah. that they are, I think it's a good time for some formal, I don't know if you want to call it training or instruction, mm-hmm. but um, I remember uh, everything for me kind of goes back to a story like what has failed and then what has been <laughs> really, really good for us. But um, as a life group, our kids were in close to the same age and attending school where they're going to be getting uh, the sex talk or whatever you want to call that in health. And uh, this is 
you know, early elementary to, to mid elementary. And we had a series of books in our, our life group. I know in podcasts, you always say, well, the, the books links will be in the, in the yeah. notes. Maybe we'll put these in the yeah. notes. I don't remember the name of them right now, but um, we had the book and we passed the book from couple to couple. Huh. Right. And so it was like, as awkward as this was going to be, um, we're going to all do it together. And uh, we did that every every week and got to share with the group how it went, like what we thought was going to happen didn't happen, or the awkward questions that that um, that the kids asked after that. But that was a little bit of a an accountability, a formality on you know instruction on sexuality. This is yeah. what it means. Mom, mommies and daddies are married. Men yeah. and women are married, and this is where babies come from. And it's going to be super, super important to do that as they're growing up in a, a different world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so where they see uh, commercials or YouTube or TikTok or whatever, where yeah. this is just normal, they need to know that early on yeah. that it's not. And so they're asking some questions and really where we stand as Christians. But I think there has to be some sort of formality. I, I think good. that that's really interesting because I think I think most would maybe expect you to say, to not say formality, to yeah. hey, yeah. you want to make yeah. your kids, you want let this be a comfortable topic, let this be kind of a natural thing that yeah. you not, just kind of man. talk about. And bring not it younger they <laughs> yes. are. Yeah. I agree. So yeah. yeah, so explain that. Why do you go? No, no, no. Yeah. And you did make a. You said it becomes more informal as you go. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that. But explain why do you why do you go? No, I think there needs to be formal. What you kind of mean by that, and why you think it needs to be like that early on. Um. Formal because without it, you probably are going to. It's going to be easier to to put that off. Yeah, um, or, or or you'll be more reactionary. You'll get a question out of the blue, and you're like, oh, "Well, we got to do that." You know, instead yeah. of, instead of having a planned, this is what I want to say about it, and yeah. I want to yeah. be clear about it, and I want to say it right. And so, having yeah. some formality would really help, especially the younger. It's interesting. You thought. I mean, I'm glad you thought younger. I'm thinking kids my age, yeah, or my kids' age. You know, and yes. So, but. But you're right. You're absolutely right. I think setting that stage earlier formally is is good. And I I think as far as doing that in community with other people that had kids that were close to that same age um, was helpful. Yeah. And it w- it helped us like, hey, how did it go? Or did did they ask a question that was strange that you didn't know the answer to, or it was just super super awkward? Laughs came with that. But um, I don't want to oversell that. Like, okay, and so then in three months we did the next book, and then in I mean. Um, as a, as a couple, we're just not real formal by nature, I think even in our parenting, but I think this pushed us to actually do this and to have Mm -hmm. the conversation. So it's like that. I know when it came to just sexuality in general, we used, we've used like some books, some magazines, uh, not magazines. That sounds really bad. Um, (laughs) like there's this little, (laughs) there's this little booklet, um, with like seven key lessons on sexuality and it looks like a magazine. It's like kind of thin, but it's an actual booklet, um, that we kind of use. One of the things we've actually, the tactics we've taken is to try to, um, have, two talks close to one another the first is kind of god's design for sex uh-huh. um and so this is this is how god designed it this is how this is where babies come from this is all that stuff and then a second and this is how the world has twisted it mm-hmm. and so to talk one about the good gift of and the way god mm-hmm. created things and then second to begin to talk about and here's the things that the world tells us mm-hmm. about sexuality and here's what you'll hear about this and and some people believe this and and to talk through those two and and try to address those 
early with them, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, which has been really big. I know I also, you and I were just kind of shooting the breeze in, in the office the other day, and another thing you kind of mentioned was like uh, that you don't, uh, consider one, one of the things is like you can't just go kind of I had that talk and then kind of wipe your hands right. like all right good like you you very much consider this talk to be like an ongoing life thing or yeah whatever. yeah I think early on it's kind of that it's the talk yeah you have you know? to have the, the, the initial talk. talk yeah yeah we have the initial talk and then they sort of get scared and turn red or yeah. you know whatever yeah. um, and then after that like I would say sort of different things that we have done. I, I guess this is was formal, but it, you have to approach it in a little bit, bit of a different way. Um, Kim has been really good with balancing me out. I'm one that's like going to, okay, now we need, ha- need to have this talk um, and we're going to have it at now, right? Yeah. Because this is crucial and because this is this is something that we need Put to... Put your homework down and yeah, get over we, here right we now. Need to, we need to do this. <laughs> And so she's helped me to back off just a little bit, especially as kids have gotten older, you get in teenagers and, and young adults. But um, with one of our, our children, with my son, we've been going through uh, the Messy Grace book mm-hmm. um, written by Caleb Kaltenbaugh. And he was having questions about this. And I said, hey, um, let's go to lunch. And anytime you include food for a teenage boy especially you're you're guaranteed a meeting and so um we've just been going through it chapter by chapter and it's not so much now here's going to be the bullet points and the application application points and see now you line up with this right it's a little bit more of a conversation and this is where the trust piece um comes in I, i think if you build that trust they're able to ask questions that maybe they might be afraid to ask otherwise yeah so um, I, I realized that there needed to be a little bit more formality around that conversation as they got a little bit older, but that was about as formal as it got. Yeah. Um, and o- other than that, just sort of around when it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Caleb Kaltenbach book, Messy Grace, is specifically about same sex yeah. issues, same sex marriage, and that kind right. of stuff. And so, yeah, not just kind of the talk in general, but specifically on that. Right. So, okay, yeah. Um, I'll tell you for me what has been, you know, what we've tried, and, and I'm behind both of you guys, and still, I mean, we're still in the middle of the talks and those kinds of things with our ages and stages. But um, one of the things that really was a conviction for me as I started thinking through this early on is before I even start talking sexuality stuff with them I really want to try to uh, underline for them the importance of God's word mm-hmm. as our authority to like just kind of really put that in front of them because I think at the at, underneath this the, the bigger issue uh, underneath all sexual stuff is is do I trust what I feel on this thing or do I trust what God is saying to me, even if that goes against mm-hmm. how I feel yeah. or even if that goes against what I'm being told by my friends or even. And so we really try to emphasize a lot. I mean, we had this little I, I used this illustration at at uh, Stillwater Christian Chapel last week, but we had over our kitchen table in our old house. We had this chalkboard and up there we had 
drawn uh, this little train. And I didn't come up with this. Is, I think like this is like a Campus Crusade illustration from like 40 years ago or something. I don't know exact words they used, but we had this train, three cars, and the, the engine is God's word. And then the next car is thinking, like my mind, my reason. And then the last one, the caboose, is feeling. And we just we would talk about how all of these are good ways that God has given us to discover truth, that I can discern truth by God's word, by my thoughts and what I see and observe around me, and by the feelings I have that, that I can I can sense or experience say that I am forgiven or that or that what I did was wrong and I need to you know I can feel these things but that the one that drives the engine is is God's word and so I'll I'll take things that I feel I don't feel like God's forgiven me for that Um, and I go okay that's a feeling and we can listen to that but let's hold that up to the scriptures and the scriptures teach us that God does forgive you through Jesus if you've placed your faith in him. And so we're going to trust God's word over how we feel. And, and before, before I had ever even used the word sex with them, before I ever even talked about um, gender or those kinds of things, I just, we just wanted to really instill in them that we trust God's word even over what we're experiencing in the moment. Because I think that, that that's going to be a big thing, oh, yeah. you know, for, for, for all of us, actually. For all of us, we have to wrestle with. If, if what I feel in this moment or experience this moment, am I going to trust that mm-hmm. or am I going to trust what God has told me through his word? Um, and so that, that was really big for us. But mm-hmm. um, either of you guys, anything else you would kind of throw in on, on this? Well, you're a great Christian father for that <laughs> analogy right there, Drew. That is awesome. Stolen. Yeah, that stolen is good from stuff. somewhere, yeah. That is good stuff. Uh, I would say, you know, be ready for kids like my my kids have been awkward about it and i think it's partly because they don't they they have this experience when they're with their friends and at school where it's just like totally normal like like my son who's in junior high ninth grade says yeah there's there's a girl in one of my classes who's very speaks almost every day about it like announces that she is Hmm. um and or that she's bi actually and so and so he was just i said so what what kinds of things does she say and he he did not want to say or could not want to could not come up with something but he was just real awkward about it and 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 so what i find happen i very rarely get like to have a discussion it's because because partly they haven't processed it mm-hmm. partly because their experience with their friends and everyone else just so like opposite of what where we're coming from, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I remember you saying what, what your daughter said, like, it's, I mean, this is normal. Like, so what do you want me to do? Like, what's saying, what is, what is saying against it, speaking against it going to do? You know? Right. Um, and so, so that, that's been interesting. And so that's why I, I'm trying to frame up, you know, I like what you're describing because working with college students, like experience is everything mm-hmm. for our students. Mm-hmm. And, as they get older, they base everything on their own experience mm-hmm. and they see everything through their own experience. And so helping them see an, a different way earlier on is going to be crucial. But anyway, that's the one thing I would say, expect it to be awkward the older they get and the less formal it, it is. And when, th- when things yeah. come up and you ask about it and they can't answer it and you're frustrated or that probably, <laughs> by the way, even like makes sense. One of the reasons I think it probably does make sense that you start formal early on is formal by formal, you know, like sitting down with a book and reading through a book yeah. is way easier to do with eight or nine year olds than with 
17 year old yeah. right we're gonna sit down and oh, yeah. i want to read this it's yeah. it's one thing you and you and your son are doing like you're both kind of reading and then coming together and just yeah. talking through we're what you're reading this. Yeah. but to like sit down and go i want to read lesson one to you right now you know what i mean it's weird. It's, it just gets weird and so that ability to talk another thing that i've heard both of you guys kind of touch on is this like when they bring up something they're hearing in class or when they bring up something that they're even maybe haven't fully formulated their own position on yeah uh you've both in different kind of ways touched on like not overreacting to that and not just kind i was of so like, guilty of that yeah yeah jumping in just shutting down and yeah right. but you know what this is what you know this is what the word says yeah. and 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 we want to get to that yeah but you I, I don't know if you actually said the word you started to say like your daughter was feeling out whether you were a safe person to ask these kinds yeah, of questions yeah, right to. it's like this and sometimes they really don't your mind goes to the worst case scenario, right? Where are you in this? Yes, they're and walking away from the faith. They're this. walking away yeah. from yeah, yeah. And it's like no, they just have a question. Um, yeah. Um, your your analogy of the engine, the caboose, the all of the things. <laughs> it, it made me think of a story, kind of on the informality of how it it begins to take place. Um, the older they get, we were uh, traveling to go see family over the Fourth of July, and uh, it was. A, long drive probably six hours and i had like my headphones ready i had the podcast queued up i was ready yep. to go and the kids can ride for a long time now and as we started off the drive they they were talking in the back seat together and my daughter had gone to college the year before that and so they, it was they were they were to kind of back together again mm -hmm. and they talked for the first hour and they just continued to talk and i just i just told kim maybe two hours in, I'm just going to see how long this goes. Okay. And so they, no joke, they talked six hours straight wow. all the way there. No one put in a headphone and mm. that could not have been planned. It, it, you no. just can't do that. Yeah. If you'd have been like, Hey, we're having family talk time, family talk time dad, yeah. with dad. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Great. Thanks dad. But as they were talking, they were just talking about some of their different experiences, things that were going on. Um, one of them was sharing about some of these different issues of sexuality and, and what some of their friends were thinking and just kind of some of the, the different mm -hmm. questions that they had um, along with this. And then the oldest one, I just, I'll never forget, um, she said, and just so you know, you need to make sure that the Bible is leading your opinions on this rather than your friends. Mm. And I just thought, Wow, that's a that's a win. That yeah. was a tough, I'm <laughs> such a great dad. That is so. You know, this it makes me feel so good about myself. Yeah. But really, that that's not. It's just sort of over time, yeah. and we didn't have a train analogy by our table. <laughs> that would have been way better. <laughs> Gee, um, but like through time, over time, and the story's not over, right? Yeah. It just continues. But through time, through like when we talk about. How do we deal with this, this, these different issues? Yeah. Like any other issue, right? It's different, but how do we deal with it? The word, community, mm -hmm. continued involvement in the body of Christ. And then that way, the word, the church, that's shaped her worldview yeah. on things, right? Yeah. And so it, it was years. It, it wasn't that dad and mom did great devotions every night even though that might have been part of it at some point mm -hmm. um uh that 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 is what shaped and and i hope continues and i pray continues to shape my children your children the children of sunnybrook whoever is listening to this but that that conversation it you, you know you just take those things as they come and 
you just you have you have the conversations then and when they come you need to exploit your influence mm-hmm. i think yeah. so i like that one 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 experience that i think all of our kids are going to have is the experience of feeling embarrassed by what they've been taught and what they believe mm-hmm. so like yeah i was having a conversation with a student yesterday who had a bunch of questions she had a page and a half full of questions about this up su- this subject and and i can sense in her like she's she wants to be committed to the scriptures and she's embarrassed by what she perceives other Christians, how other Christians have dealt with this subject. Because hmm. her perception is the church has been so mean to homosexual community, to LGBT community, too. That, that whenever people talk about it, they, they're so older people, when they talk about this, they're so, they just speak so harshly. They, they talk in ways that are just so unkind. And you can, I can see this, she's wanting to be faithful, but she's also somewhat embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, Drew and I, you've talked to, you and I, you and I have talked to students who are embarrassed by the January 6th thing that happened last year, the Mm -hmm. insurrection thing and, and associating that with evangelical Christians. And Mm -hmm. so you, and, and we've seen, I've seen solid, mature leaders of ours in in college leave and be so embarrassed that they're like questioning it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the feeling of embarrassment is like, what do we, what do we do as parents to start helping our helping them see like we're heading into stages of life in the future where we are going to be seen as different Mm. as bigots as Mm -hmm. whatever i mean when anytime anybody tries to hold to something that's perceived to be archaic Mm -hmm. it's going to be perceived as like oh that's embarrassing that is an interesting i just think about uh if i if my goal, if, if I, if in all these other areas, I'm always trying to help my kids fit in and yep. help my kids belong yep. and stuff, it, it's going to be a little confusing when these yep. other areas, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's okay to say to my kids when they say, everybody else gets to, to mm-hmm. say, Hey, get used to the fact that sometimes we're, our family's going to look different than a lot yep. of the way your friends are at. That's, that's part of what it is to, to follow Jesus in a world that doesn't, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, well, thank you guys. I appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit of your wisdom with us uh i'll just say to anyone listening uh you know we we make this make this kind of offer a lot but i would definitely definitely with this one if if you want advice if you want just someone to talk through and and get some thoughts on this as you want to talk to your own kids through some of this stuff uh come talk to come talk to drew come talk to scott maybe not me uh, i'm still I've, my, my kids are still fairly young and we'll, you see, how this, we'll see how this turns out i'll though. draw a train for you you want to <laughs> see a train i got a great train drawing to show you um but uh no we would love we would love to talk to you about this and and our goal is our goal is what it always is to help our our parents and to help the older believers in our church disciple the younger believers to help them grow up in Jesus. That's what we want for ourselves. That's what we want for them as well. And we hope to help you with that in any way possible. Love you guys.